Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID. And Dave, why the hell is it still the time of COVID? I am, <laughs> I am sick of this. <laughs> yeah, tell that to uh, Omicron and all of uh, all of his friends. Well, yes, and that's uh, not a surprise to anyone here. That's what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah. And not your culinary journey through Europe, Dave. Uh, no, not my culinary journey? No. Omicron, cancellations, all this fun, hot garbage. None of that is fun. It's all garbage. Uh, but yeah, first, uh, let's thank our sponsor. Who they, they are not garbage. No, this is a good idea. So thank you, MedJet. We will talk more about how you can get better protection if you get sick or injured when traveling a little later on. It's very topical, I would say, Dave. Very topical yeah. indeed. All right, so Dave, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you that you had your Europe trip before Omicron took over the world? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to 11 on that one. <laughs> smart, smart man. Because <laughs> right now, travel is, uh, shall we say, challenging? Uh, yes, and judging from the news, it sounds like uh, every day is Armageddon. What, what, stop with the news. That, that's not, that's not going to get you the right answers. You got to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, think about it this way right on a normal day one in a hundred flights will be canceled on a bad day like we've been seeing it's closer to one in ten or okay southwest had a couple days there one in five but but whatever one in ten it's not good but also still means that like roughly nine in ten flights are going to be fine all right that's you know good perspective um but that's still pretty bad (laughs) oh yeah no no argument from me here. Like, I just like to remind travelers if they're traveling, it, it's not certain doom. It's just likely doom. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, Brett, the happy cheery guy. Um, that's me. <laughs> on the uh, on the bright side, though, um, I haven't heard people freaking out about any uh, angry anti-maskers on planes lately. See, I'll, look at you. You are the, the bright side. Yeah. Here. Always always looking on the bright side <laughs> of life. That is me. But uh, anyway, so let's get into the hellscape of cancellations that we've been seeing. <laughs> the hellscape. <laughs> so much imagery for this we could use. <laughs> anyway, there's the Dave we know and love with the hellscape. Uh, yeah, I mean, so locally uh we're seeing and this is anecdotal but you know restaurants are are closing uh because of staffing issues not because of you know city ordinances or mandates um you know other places are reducing hours it doesn't sound like this is unique to the airlines no it's not and let me tell you polly's pies oh no please reopen um, They've been closed for for the last couple of weeks. It's unacceptable yeah. to me. I I need my pollies. Yeah, come here for your local uh, Long Beach pie shop talk. <laughs> oh man, as long as they're open for a lullaby season in June, then we'll be okay. That's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the point, I suppose. Uh, but <laughs> this is correct, of course. It is not an airline problem. Uh, Omicron is just racing through the population like nothing we've seen <laughs> so far during this pandemic. And, you know, for those who are vaccinated, like me and you, the, the symptoms appear to be mild, although I haven't gotten this around yet. Uh, but for, you know, a lot of people, not even symptoms at all. Right. Uh, but the problem is we're still treating COVID like something that requires a hard 10-day quarantine. And if 
we're not going to go back to mass shutdowns, then 10-day quarantines just kind of screw everything up. Right. And, you know, we've we've got enough data now to know that not all infected people are the same. Some vaccinated people are clearing the virus very quickly. Uh, so this is what prompted the government to reduce the isolation period from 10 days to five days. Um, there are just too many people not able to work, even if they physically can yeah, and well, there's the airline angle on that too, of course, since Delta was one of, if not the first, to ask the CDC to reduce it to five days um, based on the science that's out there. And, uh, you know, that's been questioned uh, by some people. Yes, controversial. Uh, <laughs> controversial, to say the least, on, on that move. But, but uh, you know, you can understand it from a, a business perspective too. If a pilot gets sick and that person only has to stay home for five days instead of 10, that's a, that's a huge bonus as long as the science supports it and, and you can figure it out. So, you know, should there be testing all that? I, I right. don't and know. But a lot of the controversy is, you know, should you test to go back to work? And, you know, they're, I guess they're working through that. Um, but, you know, same thing for the, uh, for the barista down the street for me. Um, if they can get back uh, after five days, if they're not contagious, then that's a plus for everybody there. Yeah. And the pie maker at Polly's. Yes. <laughs> Spare thought. But the government did respond, right? So they went to five days, and now people are freaking out, saying it's not safe, and and that's, I don't know. I mean, what? When do we stop this? Which part? Yeah, good point. Uh, all of it? <laughs> no, no. When, like, when do we stop the isolation just because someone has COVID? Right. Like, I, I don't. We've probably already gone far deeper into the medical world than we should have on an airline podcast. But let, let me just put this out there. So. You look at the decade of the 2010s, about 1.5% of symptomatic flu cases were hospitalized. And between 0.1% and 0.2% of those symptomatic cases died. For COVID through last September, the numbers were 6.1% of symptomatic cases were hospitalized and 0.7% died. So that is significantly higher. And, And Dave, you can put the links to those in the show notes so people don't think I'm just making this up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is significantly higher. Uh, right. And you know, when you consider how many people are getting COVID, those numbers can be pretty huge. Um, but that, uh, all of that includes earlier, seemingly, uh, more virulent strains. Um, and it was mostly a time period before vaccinations. Um, also, and I truly hate to say it, um, but a lot of the most vulnerable were hit harder um, and earlier, uh, if I had to guess, and that continues to be the the case now. The most vulnerable among us are going to be the ones who uh, bear the brunt of the COVID pain. I think that's all true, and that's why I start questioning this stuff about when does it end. I mean, it it is too early to know the real data for Omicron, but all the early signs point to this being less virulent. I think that's that's pretty clear. And if you're vaccinated in particular, um, I have to wonder if the numbers are any worse than the flu. Like, I, I don't know the answer, but at some point, right, with the vaccine and, and maybe if it continues to get less virulent, at some point, the numbers match or get below the flu. And so we have to start treating it like the flu so that people stop freaking out when someone gets it. Well, you're right. We don't have all the data. Um, and there's still a lot of, like I said, a lot of vulnerable people to the virus um, and hospitalizations are starting to creep up. Um, you know, the data on the hospitalizations is uh, a little interesting, but uh, if 
everyone everyone wants to put this behind us from the vaccinated and done crowd to the anti-vaxxers uh so i imagine this is going to be a debate for a little while longer yeah i'd assume the same <laughs> at some point the shift has to occur the question yeah. is when right anyway let's let's get back to airlines enough of this the the point is <laughs> That I think airline operations will be at huge risk until there's a decision to stop with the isolation anytime someone tests positive, even if they're asymptomatic. Right. Like, the, the variant will race through everyone, but there will probably be another one. And they, <laughs> there, there will definitely be another one, uh, considering the number of people who continue to refuse to get vaccinated. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, let's talk about what this means for airlines after the break. So, Dave, uh, when you went to Italy, were you concerned about getting sick while you were over there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A stupid <laughs> question to ask. I realize that everyone is worrying about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. All right. Think about it this way. Before, some people were worried about getting sick abroad, you know, particularly if they were elderly, vulnerable, whatever. But now everyone is worried about it. And that means that people will be better prepared because they can get plans from companies like our partner MedJet. Oh, I see where you're going. Right. People are thinking about regular travel insurance a lot more these days, but few know that the medical evacuation that's part of that insurance, um, it's often just to the nearest like acceptable hospital mm. and not all the way home. So a MedJet membership, though, can get you moved to a hospital at home and even for COVID. So if I test positive, they can get me home. If you just test positive, it's not a part of the membership. But if you call them, they can actually arrange that. But, um, but you know, if you're hospitalized, yeah. uh, then COVID is just one of the things that they'll cover. And there's a lot more that can happen to you on any trip anyway. Well, that's true. I did almost get uh, run over by crazy drivers regularly in Italy. Yeah, that's always a hazard over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, regardless of the reason, MedJet can get you home. It's the extra travel protection recommended by thousands of travel experts. They even protect the NFL. Go to medjet.com slash crankyflyer to sign up today. That's medjet.com slash crankyflyer. So let's get back to what's been happening here. Yes, let's do that. It's uh, It's been pretty bad since right before Christmas. Initially, there were four airlines that were hit the hardest. We had United, Delta, JetBlue, and Allegiant that really got in trouble. Uh, well, I know three out of four of those, so that's that's quite the Motley Crude right there. <laughs> uh-huh. And look, all travelers wanted to do was tell their families, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Home sweet home. Please, please stop. You're the one who mentioned Motley Crue. I did. Uh, fun fact, that was my first ever concert, Motley Crue. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All right. So why were they hit first? Uh, well, we don't really know. Um, the airlines don't generally release that kind of information, but we can speculate. And actually, there was some news that just came out that's interesting here. So one thing we do know, there wasn't bad weather around, uh, around Christmas. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't an issue then. 
Um, and, you know, all airlines have been facing pilot shortages and general staffing issues um, with, you know, the great resignation, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if we if we go back to the summer, Allegiant's the only one that had been having significant issues reliably. Uh, or unreliably. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But we, we do know that United and Delta have sizable bases in the New York area. And we know New York seems to have taken the brunt of Omicron first. Uh, so it stands to reason that airline employees in those areas would be hit earlier and harder than, say, American down in Dallas and Charlotte, where they have their biggest bases. But check this out. So United just released uh, some information in a, a letter to employees. And they said right now they have 3,000 employees who are positive for COVID. Uh, and I should note, because of their vaccine mandate, they have zero hospitalized, which is great news. But they also said in one day alone at Newark, and we don't know what day this was, but in one day, nearly a third of the workforce in Newark called out sick. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> I mean, I'd say that's what's happening that, here. That is, uh, that is definitely not, not sustainable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so when the airlines were blaming COVID infections, that it seems like that's probably true. <laughs> but but we don't I mean, other than that one little data point, we don't know when people get sick and what stations, what bases, pilots or ground crew. We we just don't know any of that. But what we do know is that we're watching the world melt down around us, like economically, you know, with, with employment and stuff. Uh and the the same thing is happening to airlines. Okay, so why does everyone keep focusing on pilots? Uh, that is a good question. And I do want to go back to that last statement I just made for a second. The world is not melting down economically. <laughs> yeah. I just meant from let's, an employment let's, uh, perspective. Let's be clear there. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to pilots. Yeah. So pilots are thorny because you, you can't just go out and be like, hey, man, you want to fly a plane? <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't work that way. There's, there's already a shortage. And you need to have 1,500 hours of flying time with a few exceptions in order to be eligible to even have a shot at flying for an airline. So... You need two pilots in every cockpit, more if it's a long-haul flight, and you can't cut corners on that. So it is a huge pain point. Okay, and you can't cut back on flight attendants either, though. No, that's true. Um, the one difference there is you can get flight attendants in the pipeline and working more quickly. Uh, heck, back when airline strikes were a thing, they'd train up management to work as flight attendants. Uh, but all that being said, there is enough training required for flight attendants. It's not that simple. You don't just take someone off the street, obviously. It's a it's an important safety job that requires training. So you can't replace them that quickly when, you know, say a 30-year workforce in Newark calls out sick. Right. Um, but it's it's not just them. It's airport employees, dispatchers. It's, it's all of these. And, oh, man, Pacific Coastal Airlines in Canada, which you've probably never heard nope. of, but that's First fine. Time. They're, they're a they're a little guy up there, but they had to shut down completely for a few days because the airline couldn't staff its operations center to dispatch the airplanes. Wow. Yeah. Small airline, but still, look, no joke here. <laughs> All right. So after Christmas, things got worse very quickly, uh, it seems. Yeah, that they did. The uh, The first punch was weather. <laughs> that nastiness rolled through Seattle, uh, dumping a few inches of snow, which snarled everything. Yep. Uh, and that just crushed Alaska, which is based there. And it wasn't good for Delta either with its hub. Uh, then it rolled on through the Midwest and the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast and all that. All right. But, you know, bad weather. Uh, that happens. It's, you know, relatively normal. Uh, airlines should be prepared for that now. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, you can't predict when weather will hit, but it will hit. And sure, you know, during the event, 
you will have to cancel down, of course. You, you can't just operate in poor weather the same way you do without. But <laughs> then you need to be able to recover quickly. And, uh, you know. So let me guess, they aren't recovering quickly? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right, I figured. <laughs> right. This, the weather was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like some airlines were running a decent operation before, but they were teetering on the edge. And, and this broke almost all of them. <laughs> So, you know, here we are a week or two after the weather rolled through and like one week after the weather rolled through Southwest JetBlue and Alaska were canceling like, oh, 15 to 20 percent of flights. Uh, it's it's a significant <laughs> amount, to say the least. You know, th things are getting better now. I, I'm looking at. At this Southwest only has four percent canceled today when we record this, which is uh, January eleventh. Fantastic, um, but well, yeah, fantastic. But Alaska already said it's pulling down ten percent of its schedule. Last weekend, a bunch of airlines pulled down a, a lot of January flying to try and you know help that crush right there. Yeah, moment of panic for my trip to Portland uh, later this month. Um, so, so is all that going to be enough? I guess we'll find out. I, it, it things are improving right now, um, but it's also it's tough because airlines like American, Delta, and United they look better on the surface, but they kind of cheat. Okay, so how do you cheat at canceling flights? Well, they they have regional partners that do a lot of their flying, so they can keep more of their flights operating and cancel more of the regionals when the weather hits. Um, on top of that, they were already taking a bunch of pilots away from the regionals to fill their pilot ranks. So the regionals really get the shaft here. You, they can just take pilots? In, in some cases, yes. Uh, but the reality is most regional pilots will jump at the chance to fly for the big guys. Uh, they get better flying, better pay, just generally better quality of life. So it's not a hard sell for most. Uh, and anyway, the point is that if you look at the Flight Aware cancellations page, which most people do, it shows it by the airline operating the flight, even if it's sold as, say, United Express or Delta Connection. Okay, that seems kind of shady. Well, it's published properly in the DOT numbers that come out. But FlightAware's job isn't to try and connect marketing airlines with operating airlines. They're just publishing the data that's there. Anyway, we're getting on a tangent. All right, yes, good point. So to sum things up, it's bad. It's probably going to stay bad. Yeah, good summary. I think hopefully it will be less bad than it was right around the new year just because they are pulling down their schedules. But through January, I mean, we're still on the upslope of this Omicron thing and shortages will get worse. I think January is going to be bad for every business, airlines included. And, you know, as quick as it rises, it will hopefully fall. So then we can start getting back toward normal. Whatever that means. <laughs> Until the next variant arrives. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. And one last time today, thank you, MedJet. Sign up today at medjet.com slash crankyflyer. If you'd like to be a sponsor, let us know. Email us at advertise at crankyflyer.com. And please remember to leave us a five-star rating. You can do this now on Spotify. Uh, five stars everywhere you can. Hooray, um, we have broken be, the yeah. Apple tyranny. Uh, <laughs> now you can rate us uh, elsewhere. No, Apple, we still love you. Um, oh. But yeah, you have more options uh, to rate us. So please uh, do that wherever you can. Can I put just you up on Spotify and have people rate you alone? 
Uh, No, please no. All right, fine. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Cranky Concierge. If you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com. 